Soaring in from high above Eastern Michigan University, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast with your hosts, Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. Well, the clock struck 6 a.m. this morning, and you know what? It was still February 3rd. Groundhog Day didn't happen twice, despite what Puxatani Phil might have said, or Buckeye Chuck, or whatever fine rodent you might prefer to get your weather prediction for, Alex. Whatever it is, the prediction was Chiefs victory last week, and you came away a winner. He's Alex Jewell. I'm Greg Center. Thanks for tuning into the Easter Insider. What a way to get your week going. A Super Bowl championship. Oh, it's Super Monday, as some are dubbing this day after the Super Bowl, but we're still here getting you caught up on all things Eastern Athletics. Of course, a great Super Bowl yesterday. Congratulations to the Chiefs and congratulations to Andrew Wiley, the former Eagle, who we talked a little bit about last week, bringing home a Super Bowl championship. That is the sixth EMU football player to bring home a Super Bowl championship, Greg. And Eastern's now got 10 Lombardi trophies via its former players. That's a pretty impressive mark. A very impressive number. First time an EMU player has won it since TJ Lang back in 2011. Andrew uh, was on the inactive roster so didn't participate in the game, but still gets a ring. We feel for him for the injury late in the year that he was not able to go late. What an accomplishment for a guy who went undrafted, bounced around three different teams before finally catching on with Kansas City. Well, and you've got to remember, it goes actually back before he started here at Eastern too. a gray shirt at Eastern Michigan, a guy that was highly recruited out of high school and then had a medical condition his mm-hmm. senior year. I was in high school with him at the time, so I remember this. He dropped pounds his senior year of high school. Didn't know if he was going to be able to play football. Coach Creighton believed in him, was able to gray shirt him, had a, ended up having a great career here. And then just to see kind of the trials that he's gone through, but then rising to the top and getting to that championship game. Like you said, not being able to play, but a guy that started the majority of the year for the Kansas City Chiefs of last year was the Mackley Hill Award winner as the Chiefs Rookie of the Year. Certainly a promising future for him. To couple that in with then... Another Eagle, Max Crosby's finishing runner-up for the Defensive Rookie of the Year award in the NFL. I saw that he was at the NFL Honors this past weekend. Really a great time both on the gridiron here at Eastern and for some of our alums that have moved on into bigger and better things. Uh, So certainly a great time for Eastern Michigan football. We're trying to catch up with both Andrew and Max. We'll try to bring those to you in the coming weeks as we try to line up those interviews. As we look ahead to this week, the spring campaign gets underway officially this afternoon on Monday as EMU Women's Golf will hit the links. They're down in sunny Lakewood Ranch, Florida. We talked a lot of golf last week on the program, and the Eagles have the first round bye as they wait either Western Michigan or Western Illinois. You can follow emueagles.com all week long for golf updates. But then we have men's basketball as the, the men got their first win of conference play off their back on Saturday. They're back at it. Tomorrow night, which is Tuesday, it'll be Glow Night, another reason to come out. The uh, fraternities will be putting on a step show at half using the old favorite turning off the lights and glow-in-the-dark colors. Maybe we'll see Alex out there at halftime stepping it up. I think that uh, almost nobody in the stands wants to see me dancing. Uh, You can 
Ask people that I've attended weddings with and they'll tell you the same thing. Just when the men's basketball team finally gets that monkey off the back, gets their first winning conference. Nothing like following that up with a congratulations. Here, you get to play Buffalo on Tuesday night. Good matchup. Buffalo, one of the best teams in the league the last couple of years. Certainly a great program there. And we'll see what Rob Murphy's team is really made of because now that that win has kind of settled them back in, we know they have talent. Will they be able to build on that in the short week and be able to prepare for a good team like Buffalo? And we'll see a great test on Wednesday night as well as women's basketball is back home after a two-game road swing. They went down to Toledo, got the most impressive win at Savage Arena that they've had in two decades. Uh, And then a really tough, heartbreaking overtime loss at Akron this past Saturday. So we'll get to see them against one of the league's best in Ohio. Certainly two really good nights of basketball coming up, Greg. And if you haven't had a chance to get out to the convo this year, this might be the week to do it. It will be. If you Wednesday, because of its 90s night and fanny pack giveaway night against Ohio, a team that last year, I'll say it, got jobbed by the NCAA committee. You finished with 27 wins and you don't go to the big dance. There's something wrong with that. So Bob's Ballers will be in town on Wednesday night, and then we don't have anything else going on until Friday when it's senior night for EMU Gymnastics. They're back home to face Northern Illinois in a 6 o'clock free admission game as they'll honor their four seniors and then Ella Dover as well in a pregame ceremony. If you can't make it out the Convocation Center, you can still catch it on ESPN3 as well. And then we also have track and a little tennis to go around to get your weekend primer going. Yeah, track will be in South Bend, Indiana. They'll be on the campus of Notre Dame in an event. And then tennis has got a couple of different events coming up. They're going to be playing in Evansville, Indiana. They'll take on Missouri-St. Louis in a morning uh, match before taking on Southern Indiana after that. And then on Saturday, we get more basketball is both teams are on the road. Women's basketball at Western Michigan. That's a pretty short drive if you're able to make it out. And men's basketball at Akron. A revenge game for them because John Gross's squad came in here a couple of weeks ago and really took it to Eastern Michigan. So I know that that's one they're looking forward to. Obviously, can't look past Buffalo, but they'll be looking to go to the jar and hopefully grab a win down there. A very, very tough place to play. And then we also have, of course, on Saturday night, the big EMU kickoff for the baseball season. And we'll catch up with Eric Roof uh, to discuss the upcoming season as well as the leadoff banquet that will finish, that will feature Lance Parrish coming up this weekend. Big wheel. It's going to be a fantastic event. Uh, There'll be lots of highlights going out this weekend. And like you said, I sat down with Eric Roof uh, to discuss the leadoff dinner, the upcoming season. We're just two weeks away from baseball season. Of course, they'll be down south, uh, hopefully in some warmer weather than here. But well, we'll Tennessee's not going to be real That's warm. That's true, but then they do head down to Florida. So, uh, But we'll be back at O-Strike sooner uh, than we can probably even imagine. And we talked to Eric about that, the upcoming season. This team obviously did not finish well last year, but this is a totally different group. A lot of the same core guys, but a completely new energy. They have really high expectations to do well. But then we also touch on something that a lot of you may have seen, a little bit more of a sentimental piece uh, revolving around baseball's new partnership with Team Impact, an organization that pairs children with chronic illnesses with university and college teams. Last week, EMU Baseball got to join with a a nine-year-old from Belleville, Michigan, suffering from short bowel syndrome. His name is Bentley Booth, and they officially signed him onto the team. Really a moving ceremony, uh, an event for the team to welcome Benny, as they call him, to the team for the year. They gave him a locker, a, a full press conference, 
nice EMU gear. We'll talk to Eric about that. And if you didn't get a chance to see that coverage, make sure to visit emueagles.com to check that out. And I know that'll be kind of a nice light note uh, in the podcast. It will be. And then we wrap up the podcast with uh, more baseball conversation. The 2019 Minor League Baseball Announcer of the Year, Jesse Goldberg-Straussler, will uh, join us as we touch on everything uh, uh, runs the gamut from basketball to play-by-play preparedness to just thoughts on how the game will change uh, as we talk with him. Of course, he's the play-by-play voice of the Lansing Lugnuts, as well as the CMU women's basketball team. And more importantly, a friend to us, as he also runs the Michigan Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, a great friend to us. He treated us very well when, of course, the EMU former baseball coach Ron Ostrike was inducted into the Michigan Baseball Hall of Fame this summer. This is a great conversation. If you're at all interested in the Hall of Fame discussion, in the Astros-Red Sox cheating scandal discussion that's been so polarizing the last couple of weeks. This is the best source to get it from, and we've got him here on the podcast. Jesse is involved in a major league organization. He knows baseball. He studies it night and day. Uh, Of course, right now, all the way through the night because he's uh, at home with a newborn child. And this is a a fantastic conversation. If you want to get a deeper, more professional perspective on those types of issues that are happening in Major League Baseball and a little bit about Mac basketball, too, he sprinkles in there. Really a a very good conversation and really informative. It is. We also uh, remind you that baseball season coming up, we'll have a full broadcast slate uh, released very soon on emueagles.com so you can find out what games will be on that we'll have for most right this year. So without further ado, let's turn it over to more Alex as he has a conversation with Eric Roof on the other side of this break. hard to believe because there's still snow on the ground but baseball season right around the corner and little snow on the ground didn't stop coach roof and the baseball team from getting outside onto the turf at Strike stadium yesterday coach i know i heard you say you've been here on staff for six years now second year as the head coach of course you had the one interim year before that and yesterday was the first time you were able to get the full team out to practice outside into the stadium before you guys started the season how important is it to get onto the turf, get onto an actual baseball field to get some reps before heading down uh, to Tennessee and Florida in a few weeks to get your season underway. Yeah, well, it's absolutely huge. It's just another opportunity for our our guys to go out there and work on something that's going to come out, you know, obviously when we play in their games. And um, when you're looking through a practice plan and you're putting it all together through the spring, you're obviously checking out the weather. So any opportunity you can get to get outside with the team, we're going to take advantage of it. So luckily for us, um, we were able to sneak out there yesterday, get some good team defense in there, get some offensive stuff in there as well. And um, yeah, first time in six years that we've been outside as a team before our first game. So i um, still looking for more ways to get outside. But, um, you know, when it's sunny and 40, 50 degrees, we'll take our chances. We'll get out there. We'll get our work in and then um, we'll prepare and, and plan for that first game. Obviously still a little chilly out there yesterday. What are the, some of the adjustments you have to make as a head coach uh, about some of the limitations that you might place on certain players or certain position groups when you do practice outside? Yeah, I think the main thing is health, just making sure the guys are healthy. The last time we were outside together as a team to practice was in October. So um, it's really important for our outfielders or position players to get fly balls. They're able to get the reps that we need in the bubble. 
um, with the ground balls, tracking stuff live. But just to get the fly balls, to get back to the depth perception, um, luckily for us on Sunday, not only was it warm enough to get outside, it was also really sunny, really sunny and also windy. So you get some other elements that you don't have as much indoors, um, but you just want to make sure the health of the guys are, are there. Um, so we did a lot of our live stuff inside. So the pitchers would be nice and warm inside. But then we did more of the, the team defense, um, the team offensive stuff outside. I talked to one of your outstanding seniors on the show a few weeks ago, Nick Jones. He told me that he wasn't shy about addressing the results from last year, that it's a new season. Obviously, the record, not what you guys expected or or expect here last year. But he says the feeling in the clubhouse, the feeling out in the practice uh, turf, whether it's in the bubble out on the uh, out on the in the stadium is like it's a whole new team. Guys are re-energized, refocused. As the head coach, I know that you probably have a lot of things you want to see improve over the next couple of weeks. But what's been your general take so far about the group of guys that you have in the clubhouse this year? For sure, I think Nick hit it on the head right there. It, it's absolutely a new year, new year, and a new team. You got um, it's probably nine new guys, um, some returning guys as well. You probably have about thirty or twenty-five returning guys, but it's a completely new team. Completely new team. We have Coach Me on staff as well. So just a, a new opportunity for us to get together, 34 players, four staff, and um, get after it. So it's exciting to see um, kind of that growth where they've uh, got on campus in early September with a, uh, a mission in place. And um, it's fun to work with them and see how hard they work to get after it. But yeah, we're uh, we're really, really, really fired up to get going with our season. And uh, we can't wait for it to start. Well, you talked about having 34 people on the roster, but now as of last week, you have a 35th because for those that didn't see, baseball partnered with a great organization called Team Impact. And what they do is bring children with chronic illnesses and diseases together with university teams. And we were lucky enough as a baseball program to bring in a new member, Bentley Booth, who signed his letter of intent to come be a part of the team for the next year. Last week, held the press conference for him on his ninth birthday. Coach, talk a little bit about the process of getting involved with Team Impact and and about Bentley. Yeah, well, I've seen Team Impact online, and um, we've had a couple other sports here at Eastern that have um, signed a kid as well. They reached out to us about a year ago and kind of shared me their their mission and um, their story with Bentley. And uh, luckily for us, Bentley's a local guy just right from from Belleville. And um, we've got him on campus a couple of times, and then we said, all right, the next step of the process is to get him to sign. So we were looking to sign him in the fall and uh, had it all set up, and then he actually had to go to the hospital for some testing. Um, tried to do it a, about a month later, same thing. He had to go back there for, for a hospital visit. Um, so then we said, all right, let's, let's do something special. Let's have it on his birthday. Let's do it after a practice. Let's have the guys there. Let's celebrate. Let's honor him. And um, I think it's a really cool story with him. And also shows our guys the adversity that this nine-year-old kid has. And um, he continues the fight. He continues the battle. He doesn't feel sorry for himself. Um, he doesn't make excuses. He doesn't let himself have a bad day. Um, he's always smiling. And um, he's just relentless. And I think that's something that our guys can see. And um, we can learn a lot from Bentley. Yeah, Benny, a nine-year-old that's suffering from short bowel syndrome. He's missing almost his entire small intestine. And to think about, uh, you know, how that changes the diet, everyday life, for him to still be so positive and energetic about everything. He was, uh, his face lit up when he saw that his teammates here, uh, just to welcome him in with a press conference. You uh, got him a huge cookie cake for his birthday, which I know his mom was happy about because she said he needs as many calories as he can get. <laughs> but then one of the cool things for me, one of the most cool things was seeing him go into the clubhouse. You guys have a full locker for him displayed, uh, custom gear, 
shoes and to see him light up like that. How important is it for you think, do you think for your guys to see and be a part of an experience like that? Oh, it's huge. It's huge. I want Bentley to be just like those other 34 guys. So um, a lot of that comes with having fun off the field. You know, we're going to have them out for a, a bunch of different other events coming up, more practices, more games, et cetera. But um, I just want them to be around the guys. I want them to be around the guys. I want them to be able to enjoy life, um, maybe take his mind off some things, maybe relax a little bit. But um, I think our guys are getting just as much, if not more, out of this than Bentley's getting out of it. And you can see how excited Bentley is with the smile on his face. And I think his mom actually told him that they were going to go to Chuck E. Cheese to celebrate his birthday. Instead, they end up coming here to Eastern to sign. And he said this was way much or way cooler than going to Chuck E. Cheese. So you could see how excited Bentley is. But our guys are twice as excited to get him around the program. Uh, to relate, relate to him, to talk with him, and um, to make sure he's having some fun and um, so we can learn some stuff from Bentley. And, of course, I know I speak on behalf of Coach Roof when I say we hope that all of you at home will be able to get out to a game this year at Ostrich, maybe more than one game. And I know Benny will be at quite a few games himself, so certainly feel free to introduce yourself to him and welcome him to the Eastern Michigan family. Coach, real quick before we let you go, this weekend is a big one for your team. Before you start the season, of course, your leadoff dinner. It's an annual event, uh, a great way for people that support the program to get together, get to know the team a little bit. And this year, uh, a special headlining guest uh, with Lance Parrish being able to address the team, address the crowd. Uh, how important is it for the team to hear from somebody like Lance Parrish and for, to bring him around the program uh, to kind of show the players what can be? Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, right now this is our – we finished up our ninth practice. We have 18 in the, the preseason before our first game, so we're halfway done. This weekend we have our leadoff dinner that kicks off our season, um, get some buzz about the program, get some energy going. And um, I think it's really exciting for our guys. Um, the one cool thing about Eastern Michigan is we're so close to Detroit and being so close to Detroit, you see a lot of guys on the team, maybe growing up that were big Tiger fans. And um, a lot of guys going through the recruiting process, tell us they want to play division one baseball. Then their next step is to get drafted. And then their next step after that is to play in the major leagues. So to have different guys come back to the program and kind of tell them their story. You know, we just did a, a camp with Matt Shoemaker just this past weekend. And for him to share his story about how he was able to go through the journey, undrafted free agent in 2008, continue to climb his way up to the big leagues. The more our guys can see that, the more our guys can hear that, um, you can just learn a lot. You can learn a lot from a, a big leaguer like Lance Parrish. In the past, we've had Willie Horton, um, Kurt Gibson as well, but they can kind of see that side of things. Um, when, you, when you play at such a high level like the major leagues and you play in all-star games, you win World Series, you overcome a lot of obstacles and you fight through a lot of adversity. So being able to hear that from our guys, they can really start to click a little bit more for them and um, they can relate at a uh, more personal level. There he is. That's head baseball coach Eric Roof. Stay tuned because right after the break, we continue our two-part baseball edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. I sit down with Jesse Goldberg-Strassler, the voice of the Lansing Lugnuts, the 2019 MILB Broadcaster of the Year, as named by Ballpark Digest, right after this on the Eastern Insider. Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. Welcome back to the Eastern Insider. We've got a very special guest on the show today, 
alongside Greg Steiner and I. Of course, it's Jesse Goldberg-Strassler, who has been a guest on our show before. He's in town for a game against Central Michigan, Eastern versus Central Women's Basketball, and he was so kind to sit down with us tonight. Jesse, first off, I've got to ask you, it's been a big year for you. You're named the MILB Broadcaster of the Year by Ballpark Digest. For someone who has been working so hard and so long in your career, what does an award like that mean to you personally? It means that I can retire, Alex. I'm done. <laughs> this, clearly, I've hit the mountaintop. No, it's really great to be joining you guys. Uh, it feels really good because there's a lot in broadcasting where it's not about us. It's about the game that we're calling. It's about the players. It's about the fans who are listening in. It's about everybody who cares. So it, it feels really nice to be recognized and have people say, we appreciate you. That's something where I can sit back and I can say, that means a lot to me for the work that I've put in. And now I can turn back around and say, okay, this work that I'm doing is valued. Let's keep it going. That's fantastic. And I know that that's not the biggest accomplishment you may have had last year. I know you welcomed a new member to your family. That's Is that right? Yeah, baby Alan, our manager with the Lugnuts this past year, had kidded my wife and I that we were going to name the kid after our favorite baseball player, Alan Trammell for me. And it's very close. Uh, no, baby was born December the 23rd. So two days before Christmas, first day of Hanukkah, really nice. And it's a challenge so far. And so the biggest takeaway that I have is I don't think I appreciated parents enough. If someone is a parent, oh my, are you doing work? I didn't realize how hard it was, but we're getting through. Getting sleep. That's the real question. How are you managing, one, the, the basketball schedule, but two, preparing, working those hours and still finding time to be a dad? It took my wife and I a couple of weeks. But now what we're doing is we're doing, I'm working the 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. shift. She's working the 4 a.m. to 10 a.m. shift. And the reason for that is... When I first got into broadcasting, I did morning sports talk. So what that was all about was I would wake up 3 a.m., 4 a.m. to be there for the morning drive. Now that I'm doing games, well, games 7 p.m., 8, 9, if it goes extra innings, if it goes into double OT, you can't lose your energy. So because of that, I have high energy at night. So I can take the full night. Boy, when the morning rolls around, it really helps to be able to depend on her. When you look at this, broadcasters so much a vital part of their team, and certainly at CMU, You've certainly experienced that with the loss of Don Chido recently, and, and certainly our thoughts go out to the entire CMU family. But people don't realize the connection that a broadcaster has. You have the ability, one, to be a longtime broadcaster of women's basketball at Central Michigan, as well as calling baseball games. How do you help make that connection with the fans? I think the first thing is that I have to show and prove that I care. It's very much about building that trust, that I care enough about the team to let you know who are these people. McKenna Kelly is a reserve forward for Central Michigan. She is now a senior. She's one of the tri-captains. She barely played her first three years. So I can tell you about the work that she's put in to earn more minutes this year. I can tell you that she's an incredible photographer. Here's what she's like as a person. So I think being able to tell CMU fans who tune in, here is who these players are. Here's what you don't know. Here's what makes them good. And here's what they're working on. Because when people come out to McGurk Arena, it is very clear to them what someone's strengths are, but also what their weaknesses mm -hmm. are. So I can say to someone, what is it that you're working on? What are you doing in the gym? I can talk to head coach Heather Osterley and say what happened last game, that honest conversation that here's what we're all seeing, uh, seeing here's what we all expect. Here's what we all hope for. 
that creates a conversation that lasts for one game. What's the story of this game? Also the entire season. What does the team expect out of itself? What are they trying to prove? And how do they get there? I think all of us are in it together. I just have the rare uh, position that I get to be the liaison, the ambassador between team and fan base. It's so incredible when you think about the portfolio that you've put together over the years. Not many people have had as much experience in collegiate athletics and broadcasting as well as professional sports as you have. And of course, you're the voice of the Lansing Lugnuts, uh, an MILB team, uh, the single A affiliate of the, of the Blue Jays. And so I wanted to start in baseball with you in this conversation. I think our listeners are in for a real treat because you're so dynamic and well-versed in multiple different areas of sport. So with baseball right now, some really interesting topics have taken over the game. And I was hoping we could get your perspective on a few of those. The first thing is on the positive note, the Hall of Fame announcement yesterday, and, and most notable. Notably, of course, Derek Jeter getting in almost unanimous, missing out by one vote, which, of course, there's there's always one. Somebody will find out that one person. We will definitely find out that one person. But I'm just curious because your job with the Lugnuts on that west side of the state, an area that it's so Derek Jeter heavy, obviously, with him being from that area. What does it mean to see a guy like Derek Jeter enter the Hall of Fame? I think that he came out of Kalamazoo Central. And any time that you can point to someone and say, he was here, he walked these halls, he played on this field, that lets everyone know, no matter how young you are, you can make it too. Because that person you see on TV or that person that you read about or that you hear legends about, anything that you can do to make it more accessible to say that this is an attainable dream, I think is important. So that Derek Jeter, that we can say he's a Michigander. Jeter, yeah, he was born elsewhere out of state. Then his family moved to the area. And then he came out of Kalamazoo Central. And he was drafted by the New York Yankees. And now he's a Hall of Famer. And now he's in charge of the Miami Marlins. And look at this with his roots in Michigan. I think it's so important to be able to trace somebody's path to say, here's how they got to that point. Here's who Derek Jeter was. Here's how he was scouted. Um, I think that the importance of Jeter or Larry Walker or whomever it is, the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame gets to honor the very best players. The same thing, I get to work with the Michigan Baseball Hall of Fame. There's the Hall of Fame plaque itself that honors it and puts it there for everyone to see and walk up there and really make them a legend. But you also get to validate for everyone who knew them as a person and say, hey, this person that you knew, this person that you were close to, meant a lot to you and meant a lot to a lot of people. And this was special. This was not. I don't know. Sometimes you let's let's take Eastern Michigan athletics. Let's say you're watching a game and there's someone who's playing well. Doesn't it mean a lot to you when there's someone who's not just good in the in the vacuum of that game, but they're good nationally? This is actually a special talent that you're seeing before you that you have access to. That's what I think that this is about, that this was our Derek Jeter, who also nationally and internationally was special and now will be forever recognized. Well, then you talk about uh, the good of of a situation like Derek Jeter's, but I'm interested to hear your take about some of the, whether you want to call them snub, leaving him out of the Hall of Fame, a guy like a Kurt Schilling, who the numbers don't lie, incredible career, but maybe some off the field situations, maybe his reputation in baseball, you can argue, has kind of hurt his chance to get into the Hall of Fame this year. For that example, receiving 70% of the vote, needing 75%. I hear a lot of arguments from people that are in baseball, out of baseball, just around baseball, about needing to change the voting system or 
something like that. What's your take on that? I mean, is is there a perfect way to do it? So I have a very radical take on the Hall of Fame. The Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York is owned privately. It's owned by a family. It's operated. It's a business. It's it's separate from Major League Baseball. It is not run by Rob Manfred or any of MLB. Therefore, it's for profit. They like people to come in, spend money, and visit. I love it. The plaques are one thing, but when you can see Babe Ruth or Hank Aaron's bat, that's something else. When you can see a ball from the 1850s, that's wild. My general thought about the Hall of Fame is whatever they can do to make money and live and survive, because there were years back where they were not drawing people to the Hall of Fame inductions, I think that they should do it. So in other words, I think that the more deserving people that we put into the Hall of Fame, the better. Kurt Schilling was denied votes by people who don't like him. And that goes very deeply. He wore a shirt that said, paraphrasing, uh, journalists should be lynched. Like there were ugly things that he has said and ugly things that he has done that the farther that we get away from them, the more people look at what he did on the baseball field. He's going into Cooperstown. Who knows when it's going to be? It's going to happen. And that I think is what Cooperstown should be about. I think the Baseball Hall of Fame should be about everything ugly in addition to everything pretty. There are exhibits about the Negro Leagues. I think people should know about the racism and the color barrier broken by Jackie Robinson, the people who are excluded, everything. Uh, the people who are banned for gambling. Shulis Joe Jackson, now deceased. Uh, Major League Baseball said he's now eligible. The Hall of Fame said he's not eligible. He's on the ineligible list. I think that all of that is part of baseball's history. And the more people that we get to travel to Cooperstown to find out, the better it is for the people who privately own it. And I think the better it is for the sport. Final moments as we talk a little more baseball. The addition, uh, Major League Baseball came out today and said they will implement and try, in, in certain instances, the uh, automated strike zone in spring training this year. It's not quite the same seeing an umpire call balls and strikes, but they've tried it in the Atlantic League. It works successfully. Thoughts on computerized balls and strikes? I think in five years, it's going to be great. I think initially, there are going to be some big-time growing pains. But as they iron it out, I like it. I'm someone who wants, if there's a pitch at your knees on the outside corner, wherever it is, I want it to be called the exact same way in the first inning as it is in the seventh inning, as it is tomorrow, as it is next year. I don't want that strike zone to change on the umpire. I don't want it to change on the catcher. I want that pitch to be what it is. It's crazy to me. If you are, let's say, a basketball player and you put up a jump shot from the corner, I don't want it to go in today and out tomorrow right. because somebody behind the rim was, I don't know, they were leaning a little to the left today. Yeah. Um, so I like everything to be standardized. I think this is a step in the right way, but there are going to be growing pains to get there. One more question about baseball for you, too, before we wrap up is you just mentioned when talking about Cooperstown, the good, the bad, the ugly. Certainly right now with the announcement of the Hall of Fame is a lot of good. There's been a lot of maybe some bad in Major League Baseball in the last couple of weeks as well with some of the cheating scandals. Your thoughts being so close tied into an organization about the effect long term that this will have on Major League Baseball, because when you ask the public, there's some that say, I don't really care. It's not that big of a deal. Maybe every team's doing it. And there's some that I think are maybe on the little harsher side of things that say this will end up going down as the worst scandal in history. Someone that's in the game of baseball, that's that's seeing it up close and personal. How big of an impact is this going to have? I think it is going to have a rather large impact. I don't like what baseball does with trust. 
When you go back to the PD scandals, the very best players, the best pitcher, Roger Clemens, the best hitter, Barry Bonds, have a shadow over them. And then Alex Rodriguez, great hitter, shadow. Manny Ramirez, shadow. Onward, Sammy Sosa. You can't have the best performances having something about it where you just can't trust it. And now the 2017 World Series champion Houston Astros have a shadow over that title. The 2018 champion Red Sox have a shadow over the title. So I think Major League Baseball really has to work hard to build back up the trust. If a fan says that I can't trust what's happening out here on the field because there's cheating in any shape or form, it's bad for the game. Jesse, we can't appreciate your time enough and spending it with us. We know you've got a game to call, and but we always appreciate a few moments with you. Uh, continued success tonight with the Chippewas and all season long, and people can catch you on the radio this summer with the Lugnuts, right? That's right. So calling Lugnuts games, calling Chippewas games right now. However, they'll have me. I love it. Greg, Alex, thank you very much. Well, that'll do it for another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Thank you, as always, to all of our guests and, most importantly, you, the listeners. We couldn't do it without you, and we're so excited to be able to bring you all things Eastern straight from the source every week. As always, you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you download your podcast, including this year from our own website, emueagles.com slash podcasts. Make sure you stay with us every Monday. We'll be back next week bigger and better than ever. Until then, go green, go white, and go Eastern, and have a great week. We'll see you next time.